This is Church Alive's teaching of the week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. Amen. Well, just as a heads up, we're going to be at 1 Samuel 17 this morning. If you want to turn there, we'll also have the scripture on the screen today. Y'all, as a church body, we've definitely seen some growth, but I know a lot of y'all have seen growth in your lives, individually speaking, spiritual growth you've seen in your own lives. You've seen that you've gone to new levels in Him. You see that as you read the Word, just the Holy Spirit's starting to reveal things to you that you've never noticed before. Maybe you can look back at your life and you're like, you know, whenever I pray, my prayers sound different than they did a while back. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Maybe you felt like in the past, you were just kind of going through the motions. You'd go to church because that's what you felt like you were supposed to do, but, but now it's different. Because you see, you've had a real encounter with God. And so now, just going to church isn't just to go to church, it's because you know that you're growing and it's going to help you throughout your week and it's going to help you touch somebody else's life and you're starting to realize the benefits of growing closer to God and knowing the Word of God and walking in authority and, and now all of a sudden you're just finding yourself growing spiritually like never before. Has anybody been there? I know some of y'all are there right now. We've recently talked about walking in authority, something that we all need to understand that we're able to do as children of the King, amen? And whenever you're walking in authority, then you find yourself being more on the offensive than being on the defensive. You see, I don't like being on the defensive because that means that whenever attacks come my way, I'm just having like blows just just they're just pounding me and I'm kind of in a defensive position versus going out and dealing with the situation. So we need to be walking, you know, in authority and being on the offensive, but we don't have to cower down anymore. But today we're going to be in 1 Samuel 17, as I mentioned, and rather than reading the whole chapter, I'm going to kind of skip, we're going to skip some of this just because it's a lot of scripture and just for time we're going to skip some, but we're going to look at David today and how God used him. So we're going to start in verse four today. It says, then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet, and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. Some of y'all in this place don't even weigh 125 pounds. He was wearing what some of y'all actually weigh. Some of y'all say on your driver's license you weigh 125, and the Lord will forgive you for that lie too. Just want to give you a heads up. But he was wearing armor that weighed 125 pounds. Verse 6, he also wore bronze leg armor, and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him, carrying a shield. Verse 8, Goliath stood and shouted a taunt. Get that, he stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? He called, I am the Philistine champion, but you are only servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. 
But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. Verse 16, for 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. Now, it's one thing to be taunted. But whenever somebody starts strutting in front of you, it kind of takes the taunting to a next level. Do you know what I'm talking about? And this guy did this for 40 days, twice a day. They had heard this pitch from him 80 different times. Fear had paralyzed Saul's army because they see this champion come out. The guy was nine foot tall. And, and he just is taunting them. He's strutting around, and they are in complete fear. You know, a lot of times the enemy taunts us. The enemy struts around. But unfortunately, a lot of times believers just literally get used to hearing it, and it's just part of their life, and they don't deal with it. They just tolerate it. Have any of y'all ever just tolerated something before? We don't have to tolerate the taunting of the enemy. Come on, somebody. We're going to talk about that today. So let's fast forward to verse 23. David was sent by his father to deliver food to his brothers who were serving in the army. As he was talking with them, and this is his brothers, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. They begin to run away in fright. So David just shows up because he's delivering food to his brothers. And Goliath comes out and does his usual taunt. We don't know if this was his morning taunt. We don't know if this was his evening taunt. It was one of, you know, his regular taunts. And he sees these guys up and run away. First of all, that concerns me because these guys got up and ran 80 different times. They did this twice a day. That's how fearful they were. And so David says, who's this guy? Because David realized this should not be the behavior of an army. Come on, somebody. This should not be the behavior of God's people, right? And so David's like, who's this guy right here? And so he decided that he needed to deal with the situation. He decided that it was time to get on the offensive. And, and, you know, he wasn't aware of Goliath because you got to think about this. Back then, nobody had put it on social media, (laughs) right? See, we, we find out about things just like this, don't we? But his brothers had been gone for at least 40 days. They had not got word. They had not received a letter. They had not got a text or a phone call. So he shows up, and this was just the norm for the army. And he's like, well, who's this guy? And then something rises up in him. He's like, I got to deal with this today. Verse 32, don't worry about the Philistine, David told King Saul. I'll go fight him. Saul says, don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. Verse 34, but David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. Can can we just think about this just for a minute? Anybody ever been having a conversation with somebody And then they say something, and in an absolute millisecond, your mind is thinking, these people are 100% nuts. (laughs) Y'all, you know how fast the brain works, right? And they can be mid-sentence, they say something, and you're like, they're crazy. And so 
David's speaking, and he's like, listen, David, you're, you're a boy. This guy is a Philistine champion. He's been killing people for years. And David's like, but listen, I've been taking care of sheep and goats. And at that moment, Saul had to say, he's nuts, right? But he was mid-sentence. He was mid-sentence. So I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said, when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club, and I rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw, and I just beat the thing to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'm going to do it to the pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. Verse 37, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, verse 38, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. Something I want you to get, it's kind of ironic here. Saul's actions actually confirm the foreshadowing of royal status on David. If you remember, the prophet had come to David and said that he was going to be king of Israel. Saul actually put royal armor on him, right? But we know that the Holy Spirit had technically already enabled kingship on David's life. So David took them off. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in a shepherd's bag. Then armed only with a shepherd's staff and a sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Now let's jump to verse 45. Goliath was talking some trash. David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. <clears throat> David obviously meant business. And I just want you to think about this just for a second because his brothers were watching this. And as you remember, he was the younger brother, right? And so let's just think about what his brothers were thinking because he's like, today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and I will cut off your head. But hold on, he keeps going. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. His brothers are like, who is this weirdo? I mean, this, who is this kid? And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. Come on, give God some praise today. Isn't that good? That is so good. So our title today is Growth Spurt. It's growth spurt. How many of y'all have seen your kids shoot up? Maybe your nephews, your nieces, your grandkids. Growth spurts take place physically. Uh, if you haven't maybe seen, uh, like for instance, our nieces live out in Texas. We've also got two nephews and a niece that live in Alabama. So we don't see them, you know, extremely regularly. But it seems like every time we go to see them, it's like, holy cow, you have shot up. 
Now, with our own kids, we don't always notice the growth spurts because we're with them every day, right? You know how we begin to notice them whenever one day they walk in and they say, my pants are too short. You know, their sleeves come up to here. You're like, you are growing, aren't you? But we have growth spurts physically. A lot of times you'll notice it because their appetites go up. A lot of times you'll notice it because they are hard to get out of bed. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We may be dealing with that right now. That's just part of growth spurts. They eat more. They want to sleep more. But here's something about a growth spurt that we need to understand. Physically speaking, you can't control them. You can put a brick on your kid's head, but it, it won't stop them from growing, right? They just come out of nowhere. And whenever we think about spiritual growth spurts, they also just kind of come out of nowhere as well. If you've truly given your life to Jesus, then you should be continually growing in him. Yes. Romans 8 tells us that we're predestined to basically look like Jesus. And so every day as we're spending time in prayer, every day as we're spending time in the word, as we're doing kingdom work, how can we not look more and more like him, right? And if we're not, then there's a problem. There's honestly a problem there. But we should constantly be growing in the Lord. And, and something I want you to know is, is that you may be in a season to where you felt like you were just kind of plateaued for a little bit, but then just out of nowhere, you can have a spiritual growth spurt. Some of y'all have experienced that. Some of y'all have experienced it recently, or maybe you're in the middle of it right now. But spiritual growth spurts can come out of nowhere. Most of us have heard the story about David and Goliath before. And today I want us to focus on how David responded whenever a whole army was paralyzed by fear. And based on David's response that we're going to check out today, I want us to look at some signs of spiritual growth spurts in our lives. Are y'all good with that today? The first sign of a spiritual growth spurt for all of us is, is that we see ourselves winning. We see ourselves winning. Verse 32, David said this, Don't worry about the Philistine, he tells Saul. I'll go fight him. I will go fight him. Whenever you volunteer to fight, that's a sign that you're growing spiritually, that you're in the middle of a growth spurt. Whenever the enemy's been taunting you and you finally say, you know what, enemy, I am done with this. I'm tired of this. I'm over this. And now I'm about to be done with you because I refuse to still deal with your taunts. Whenever that's your attitude, it's a sign of a spiritual growth spurt. How many of y'all have gotten tired of what the enemy's tried to do in your life? Unfortunately, a lot of people have believed what he said to them, and they've been paralyzed by fear, just like this army was paralyzed by fear every time Goliath came out. But the truth is, is that we can see ourselves winning, right? And we can go after the enemy, and we can deal with him. And whenever you call him out, whenever you walk in the authority that the Lord's given you, he will understand that he's in trouble. The thing is, is he doesn't want you to know that you have any authority. But as soon as you realize it and you're like, you know, I'm going to use this, then all of a sudden he starts getting a little nervous, doesn't he? Because he understands the power that you have and where your authority comes from. Where it comes from, amen? So whenever we see ourselves winning and things come up, y'all, we can respond differently. Maybe in your marriage, you know, you and your spouse are going through something. And maybe you're thinking to yourself like, We've never dealt with this before. We've never seen this in our marriage before. 
but we're going to beat this thing. We're not going to throw in the towel. We're going to fight and we're going to beat this thing, right? Or maybe whenever uh, somebody in your family, they're dealing with depression and depression is just trying to move in and just make itself at home in their life. You're thinking to yourself, well, you know, whenever you see yourself winning, you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, rather than just going and, and dealing with this, uh, you know, with medication, why don't we go ahead and just declare that they have the mind of Christ? Come on, somebody. And just like uh, Paul wrote to Timothy that they are not walking in fear, but they've got a sound mind. You see, whenever you see yourself winning, then it changes the way you deal with situations and the way you deal with what the enemy's throwing into your life. Whenever your kids aren't acting the way that they're supposed to act, and you think to yourself, we've not seen this behavior before. And so you and your spouse say, you know what? We're going to fight. We're calling that they are going to have an encounter with God like never before, that that behavior will change in the name of Jesus. We're going to do everything we're supposed to do as parents to lead this family, spiritually speaking, and we are going to beat this situation in Jesus' name. Whenever you see yourself winning, it changes how you respond to things that come up in your life. So that's a sign of spiritual growth is seeing yourself winning. Another sign is, is that the type of problem, it doesn't matter anymore. The type of problem does not matter anymore. Verse 34, but David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and I rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. Still amazing, isn't it? Verse 36, I've done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to the pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. Now we need to check out some wording here that we just read. He said, I've done this to lions and bears, and I'll do it to the pagan Philistine. I've done it to lions, I've done it to bears, and I'll do it to the pagan Philistine. Are we getting this? I've done it to lions. I've done it to bears. The Philistines next. The Philistines next. What David did not say was, well, um, I killed a lion one time. I got a bear too. <laughs> Whew, but I don't know about a giant. We're going to give it a shot. That is not what David said. And sometimes that's our attitude. Like, well, we've, we've had a victory here. I don't know if we're going to get a victory in this area, though. No, no, here was David. I killed the, the lion, Saul. I, I killed the bear, Saul. The Philistine is next. Uh, the Philistine's next. See? Because, you see, I understand whose I am, right? And, and he's going to give me victory. So, so this Philistine, yeah, he's going to be next. Maybe you've had victory in one area of your life, but you're uncertain about the other area that you've now got that seems to be under attack in your life. You need to see that as the same as the other issue and the fact that God gave you victory over that other issue. He can give you victory over this one that's happening right now in your life. Amen? We need to see problems as the same. The type doesn't matter anymore. The same God who delivered you physically is the same God who can deliver you relationally. And he's the same God that can touch your mind. He's the same God that can touch your family. He's the same God. 
And it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. He can deliver you from it. And he can beat the enemy in your life. Amen? Every time. It doesn't matter what type of problem it is anymore. And whatever you face, God's giving you the grace to win. He's giving you the grace to win. Too many times we analyze the size of our giants. We look at all the details. We run the numbers. We look at the characteristics. And then we start to size up how big our giant is. We got to focus on how big our God is, right? Because he, there's no one greater, no one higher. No one. Everything bows to the name of Jesus. Every sickness bows to the name of Jesus. One thing we need to understand, any disease, it's a name. And it bows to the name of Jesus. But understand, God, God is never impressed, nor is he intimidated by the size of your problem. God's never looked at a problem that you faced and been like, whoo hoo I'm going to have my hands full on this one. Never. If he's not impressed, if he's not intimidated by it, why are we? Why are we? Don't focus on the size of your problem. Amen? And this year, some giants may pop up in your life, but, but I just believe that you're not even going to sweat it because you've seen what he's done in so many different areas of your life. You know, he's the same God that delivered you whenever COVID was going crazy. He's the same God that's delivered you in other areas. You've seen him work in other areas of your life, and you're like, nope, the same God that delivered me there is the same God that's going to deliver me in this situation too, enemy. In Jesus' name. He's got a great track record, doesn't he? So that's another sign of a spiritual growth spurt. A third sign is this, is that you know who conquers, and you know who kills. What I did not say is, you know who conquers and kills. You know who conquers. You know who kills. You know who conquered death, hell, and the grave. You know who's going to kill all the generational curses that have been in your family's life. You know who rose with all power in his hands. And you know who gets to walk in authority, who gets to walk in victory, and who gets to live a blessed life. We know who conquers, and we know who kills. He does the conquering, amen? He does the conquering. And we got to understand, we, we can only kill through him. I've shared this before in other teachings. We never fight alone. We take the Lord into every battle with us. Come on. We take the Lord into every battle with us. But we've got to understand who conquers and we've got to understand who kills. With 100% certainty, David tells Goliath what God was going to do and then what he was going to do. Look at this in verse 46. Today, the Lord will conquer you. And I will kill you and cut your head off. I'll kill you, and I'll cut your head off, but God is going to conquer you. Now, I want us to think about this just for a minute. One thing David did not do whenever he goes to battle against Goliath is he didn't stand there and say, all right, Lord, conquer him. Get him, Lord. I know you're able, God. 
Kill him, God. Conquer him. David had to fight. You know, sometimes we don't want to fight. Have y'all noticed that? Sometimes we don't want to get our hands dirty. Sometimes our prayer is, God, I just ask you to do all this. And then whenever the answer doesn't come like we want it to, well, apparently God let us down, didn't he? Baloney. We got to fight. I mean, come on, can we just get real just for a minute? You may have debt, and you just are praying. Come on, Lord, supernatural debt elimination right now, Lord. Come on, Lord. Come on, God, wipe it out right now. In Jesus' name, eliminate my debt in Jesus' name. And you know what the Lord's saying? Get off that new car lot right now. Get off of it. Why are you looking at an $80,000 SUV and you're asking me to eliminate your debt right now? Let me take it a step further. All right, Lord. Divine health and healing is mine in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that this supersonic cheeseburger and tater tots are about to nourish my body so I can do your work, God. Your work, God. Divine health and healing are mine in the name of Jesus. And the Lord's like, right. (laughs) You got to do your part. Don't get me wrong. I like tater tots. But we can't just expect the Lord to conquer everything without fighting. We got to fight, amen? See, there are some situations in your life that the devil's kicking your family's tail right now because you haven't stood up to fight and what you've just been saying is God just deal with this David didn't just stand there David got ready to fight David killed that giant did he not so we understand who conquers and we understand who kills but we have to do our part after David tells Saul that he's going to kill Goliath he goes and he gets five stones He's confident that he's about to kill this giant. He goes to the valley. And Goliath talks some trash. And David says this again in verse 45. You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied today. Somebody say today. Listen, some of you today, you need to determine that starting today, you're going to eliminate the enemy in your life the situation that he's been paralyzing you in fear, the situation that he's brought in your life that has to do, deal with your kids, with your finances, with your health. Today, it's over with, Satan. We, we begin today in Jesus' name. Today, the Lord will conquer you. And I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to cut off your head. Stand with me today, if you will. Now, I want us to think about something just for a minute. David took five stones with him. I'm not so sure that David knew that he was going to kill Goliath the first time. I do think the fact that he was walking in such faith, I think God was going to navigate that rock to the exact place it had to go. I know some say, and they say this based on 2 Samuel 21, well, he took five stones because Goliath had four brothers. That's a theory. Don't know if it's true. But all that to say... 
David took five stones with him because he knew he might have to fight for a little while. The answer may not come the first time, but we continue to fight. But David, he, he takes that first rock and he gets the sling just going, just lets it go. And, and we got to think about this too. Goliath's helmet covered much of his face, but it says that the stone actually sunk into his forehead. And I'm wondering if as soon as David sees the rock, nail him right here, and it says that Goliath fell, I wonder if he was like, whoa, that was quick. Really? First time. Because again, he had pulled five stones. I think it probably surprised him. I just need somebody to lift their hands right now because it's just, I just want to declare something just right now over you today. I just believe that this year you're going to have some victories that are going to come so quick in your life that it is going to blow your mind. That some of you today, the things, come on, that you've been believing for, the things that you've been paralyzed by fear about, and we just said a minute ago, today, that today you're going to believe and you're going to fight and those victories are going to come so fast just like David it might be like holy moly that was quick I just prophesy that over you right now come on if you receive that somebody say amen so 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 Goliath hold on we're not done yet we're not done hold on y'all are enjoying hearing what the Lord's going to do in your life aren't you Goliath hits the ground now we got to remember that David ran after the bear. David ran after the lion because David was on the offensive. And y'all remember what he told Goliath. He said, listen, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to cut your head off. Goliath hits the ground. David takes off running, takes the man's own sword, decapitates him. Cuts his head off. By the way, the courage of David, somebody needs to hear this today. Whenever you walk in courage, it will energize the people in your life. It'll actually make them courageous. As soon as Saul's army sees what David did, the men who had been paralyzed for a minimal of 40 days, the men who ran away 80 times, because he came out twice a day for 40 days, all of a sudden they were encouraged. And it says that they chased down the Philistine army just began to slaughter them, slaughter them. They plundered their camp because of the courage of a teenager. Because of the courage of a teenager. People see whenever you're create, uh, courageous and it energizes them. It, it builds courage up in them as well. Something that I think is pretty amazing as well it says that whenever David cut off Goliath's head, he grabbed it and he walked around with it. As a matter of fact, it says that he held on to his head until he got back to Jerusalem whenever Saul wanted to see him again. He carried around this man's head. Come on, I need you to lift your hands again. This is what the Lord's telling you today. This year. This year. Some of you, you've been dealing with some stuff and you're about to go cut the head off of that thing. 
and you're going to be walking around and you're going to be showing people. You see this right here? This has been something that I've been fighting for years, but God has given me the victory over this today. You see, you see the issue in my life. God has given me victory over it, and he can do this in your life as well. And you're just going to show them what God can do in your life, but it's going to encourage them as well in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for that right now. Come on, God's given you the victory. I just want to declare over everyone right now, you are in the middle of a spiritual growth spurt going from glory to glory to glory in the mighty name of Jesus. The type of problem that you're dealing with, it doesn't even matter anymore. It doesn't even matter anymore. You're seeing yourself victorious. You're seeing yourself on the offensive and you're just going to chase down the enemy. You're going to kill him. You're going to cut his head off. Come on, somebody. Whatever those things are that you're struggling with right now, I just declare a victory in all your lives. As the shepherd of this house, I declare a victory right now in your life. And you're going to do it because you know who conquers. But you also realize who kills. Today, if you can say amen to this message, I believe that your year is going to look a lot different than you thought it was going to look. Come on, somebody needs to say amen. So be it, God. Father, so be it right now. In Jesus' name, rather than feeling hopeless, you're going to rise up and you're going to fight. You're going to rise up and you're going to fight. Church, let me tell you something. You've grown. You've all grown. And I'm so proud to be able to say I'm your pastor. You're in the middle of a spiritual growth spurt right now. And who knows when it'll stop. And I'm just declaring it'll never stop. Come on, somebody. You're in a growth spurt. And can I just go ahead and tell you it looks good on you? It looks so good on you. You're walking in victory. You're walking in joy. You're walking confident because of who you are, because of whose you are. Full of love. You're kingdom focused. I'm so proud. God's doing such great work here today. Come on, I believe somebody's leaving here with more faith than they walked in with. Come on, is that you today? He's given us the enemy. No devil can stop us. No devil can stop us today. He conquered, and you can kill. So kill it today in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you've conquered death, hell, and the grave. Father, we thank you that anything we face, Lord, because you've conquered it, God, we can kill it. And Lord, today, come on, somebody say today. Father, today we say we're going to fight. Lord, today we say the victory begins. Lord, today, Lord, we're going to move in the authority. And God, we're going to fight the enemy in our lives. Lord, from any area of our life, God, that the enemy has taken up residence, we declare that we are evicting him effective today. Effective today, God. Lord, that whenever we look at our battles, God, we see them all the same. Lord, it's the same enemy that we're fighting. And Lord, you've delivered us in the past. And God, whatever the situation is now, we know that you can and you will conquer it in Jesus' name. Lord, I declare right now that this house, Father, walks in authority. 
Every home represented here today, God, walks in authority. Lord, the authority that you've given them. And God, we thank you for the victory. God, we celebrate in advance the victory that we will see this year. And if you can say amen to that, come on, let's give God some praise and thank him for it in Jesus' name. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.